Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about glyphosate and glufonisate alternatives as there are some supply chain issues. In our spotlight, we're going to look at some new photo seed technology for soybeans. In our Ag History Minute, we'll talk about the Meat Inspection Act of 1906. Our Cool Beans That's Corny, we'll have some current events and wrap it all up with our Ag Idiom of the Week. With me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So, it just keeps dragging on. The draft's over, but the saga continues. Aaron Rodgers unhappy. Terry Bradshaw says he's weak and dumb. What did Brett Favre say yesterday? Bert? Uh, he said something. I'm sure he did. It's not like Brett to sit out of. Probably, uh, haha, this is what it feels like, or I don't know. I'm fatigued with it now. Yeah, no, it's kind of done. Kind of done. Don't you feel like you just want them to decide either way? Like you're just sick of yeah. it. And you know, it's this June, there's some June 1st thing that if we wait till then, we'll get more cap space. Right. So it's going to go on for another month at least. The Packers financially can't change. do anything before June 1st. And like even, you just, even then, they'll take a big giant hit. Very big, big cap hit. To yeah, but it saves like. 22 million or something like that yeah like that pays your entire draft class right and more and more yeah i just want to know what's real like there's so many reports out this way that way you said he should all that stuff i just want to know what's real that's all if he's pissed fine but we don't know what he is yeah that's the biggest thing is it's all been secondhand like it's it's not like him coming out and saying it to anybody's face, it's all well, supposedly according to unnamed source. Yeah. The best is I heard yesterday that the 49ers are getting investigated for tampering. Oh, for trying to for, for going after for calling because um, Shanahan must have called Lafleur or something. He did. He called him like Tuesday before the yeah. thing, and Lafleur is like, "No." Like, He's like, "Hey, I hear loves or I hear love. I hear Rogers is on the market," and Lafleur's like, "No." And and then did you hear what Shanahan said about that? He goes, I had to try. You know how dumb I would feel if I woke up Friday morning and Rodgers got traded and we didn't at least call? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we're back in the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers from 16, 17 years, or 15 years ago. Like we're kind of in the same. It's exactly the same. It really is. Mm-hmm. That's what's crazy. Except is. for I remember how much it felt like Brett hated Aaron when they were on the sidelines together. Yeah. The Aaron well, Brett, did, Brett did hate Aaron, but I, mean, I don't feel that about. I don't feel like it's that way between Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he, I don't think they're best friends. But you can't feel the hatred don't through you the TV. Aaron, Aaron learned that through how much Brett was a jerk to him, and then like, hey, I'm not going to be that big of a jerk. You think yeah. so? You can't get like it wasn't Jordan Love's choice to be drafted there. So right, it's just you, the cards fall how they fall. And how much of this it. saga would be different if Love we actually saw Love playing a game last year? Like, if we had preseason and knew, like... Like, if what if he was really bad? Yeah. Well, Rodgers didn't look great when he first no. got a few starts. So. He threw interceptions and broke his legs. Like, that's what he did. Although the Packers know more about Love than we do. Yeah. Because they've watched him practice and stuff. What I do find interesting, or what I keep reminding myself of, is remember last year at this time, we're like, yep, Aaron Rodgers hates Lafleur. That was the yeah. story. Aaron Rodgers hates Lafleur. Does it look at all like Aaron no. Rodgers hated Lafleur at any point? No. Aaron so. Rodgers has to hate someone. Apparently, that's the except when he's punching he's like him Michael after Jordan a that way, right. where yeah. he's just got a yeah, yeah. He he's makes stuff up edge. just to get angry. Yeah. 
And I took offense to that. <laughs> That's yeah. what those guys do, though. They find every... Well, they have to to keep their yeah. sort of competitive edge. Right. You, just, you sort of got to have that. When you're that side. good and you're you're not an underdog, like well, his whole falling in the draft that had to have worn off after about year four. <laughs> yeah, after Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah, you look at it as last year he played MVP ball, supposedly being pissed at the Packers because of Jordan Love getting drafted. So if he's pissed and wants to get out, the best way to get a good trade, like get to a good team, is to look good. So he should have another MVP season, right? I don't know if that's true because, I mean, the the best trades are going to be to teams that have the best capital, which means they're probably they not very good. It's like the I was looking at the draft grades and like all the good draft grades are from the sucky teams and all because the they bad draft early. Yeah, they it, picked no, the good, it's, yeah, it's it, like that makes I, no sense. Even the draft grading, like it should be graded on a curve, though. Yeah, yeah. See, it depends see, who does it. Like some, yeah. some give them an A, and then the next guy will say an F to the, about the same draft class. And I was like, well, Did you see you? that somebody went out and graded, graded the draft, gr, dr, graft, uh, draft graded the three draft grades? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's how I rate like the graft grades. Your, your grade was an F. Grades. Yeah, you you, you graded, graded the Packers as a D, and I think they did better than that. So I'm going to grade you as an F. As an F. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, of course, the Jets are going to have a better draft than the Packers because they get to pick. Brought to you by Next Gen Stats. Oh, they also can literally take the best available. Right. Like the Packers can't take the best available because if the best available is a left tackle, that doesn't really help us. No. If the best available is a quarterback, we don't need another one. Yeah, they have a third one. Yeah. Well, you know that, we only have that two is right now mm-hmm. in the Brad Favre era. That's kind of what we were known for. Is yeah. Generating backup quarterbacks that became starters and other franchises and and that's why i don't know why this whole love thing got to where it is it's like maybe we just treat him as mark brunell and we trade him for another first it wasn't the the first round pick thing i think hurt us because all those other ones yeah that's true those were yeah you can do we did we did trade up for jordan love right i mean we don't want to admit that we created matt hasselbeck but you know we did (laughs) did. but he was a what fifth round pick or whatever so he was yeah whatever we'll just take you yeah you're right todd that that's why it is what like that, it's it not was a, drafting a backup. Yeah, not it's not trading a up. Replacement. Well, like we did. What did you guys think of the Badgers coming home? That's pretty sweet. That was cool. And local Seymour guy going to be. I saw a thing. Uh, Black Creek. Todd. Black Creek. Sorry, <laughs> get it right. It's Black Creek. Actually, it's Black Creek. He did. Crickers. He did apparently have the Buccaneers or the Packers. I saw that was his choices for free agency. Okay, and he chose the Packers. Packers. Why? That's, why would you not? I mean, you. Uh, those are two, so you either go hometown or you go ring chasing because you. Right. I mean, you know the Bucks probably have a really good chance of going back. So when you're an undrafted free agent, like so, we're talking about Deaton. Yep. And he's, he, so he's undrafted. He didn't get drafted at all in draft. So these teams just start calling you, and yep. then you you, pick. you choose. Yep. And is it money? Do they throw it? Certain you know, is there a, it's there's like, a limit, right? Or they don't get paid that much? No, it's. Well, I'm sure, but it's still hundred. It's still, it's still a lot league, of money. Yeah. League minimum, which is like yeah, what, yeah. two hundred. But and you still got to make the team. So right, you wonder right, too if you right. pick a team where you know, okay, they're, Could make they're weak at that. But spot. you 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 get paid starting like today, the day you sign, until you get cut, right? Correct. You I get would think something. They got to pay you something. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you do. But it, like, if it's practice squad pay versus like bench pay, I think it's different. Like, it's a different amount. I don't think... You I don't wonder, know what that is, what that level is. And for Dietzen going to the Packers because Van Lannan's got drafted? I mean, that it's a comfort zone, I would think. Yeah, they're... Te- I mean, college teammates, right. and they're... I mean, they played against each other in high school. Like, they're only... The schools are, what, 20 minutes apart that they went to in high school? Yeah. 
So if you're on the practice squad, you make $8,400 a week. That's it? In season, yeah. Well, that's... In season. For 17 weeks, that's 142000 so. I, I was I was being sarcastic. <laughs> uh, veteran players over two years of experience make 12000 a week. And that's the 204. It is still crazy to think, like, that is good money, but it's so short-lived yeah. that, <laughs> you know, you can't make that for... It's like when you hit the lottery, made, but it's only for know, like 10 if, grand. Yeah. But if you invest and eh, do, But they don't. You know, like... Right, they don't. Yeah, but you're, but you're, it, they buy a mama house. 20, yeah, you're a 21-year-old kid with that just hit the jackpot. Well, if, you, like, if you can live at home and... <laughs> that's like the guy... Commute. The, when the guy got drafted and said, Mama, you can retire, I was like, well... No. Why don't you wait till your second contract? Like yeah. You, yeah. that's what Deetson's planning. Yeah, live at home and just yeah. I'll, I'll just commute I'll, to Lambo. Colt that Colvin Lannon, they asked him on the radio if he was gonna live at home and he's like, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that you know Well, you'll just live four years in Madison and I mean a a, fre- a a freshly drafted NFL player probably does not want to come home to mom as much as they love mom and dad. <laughs> I'm guessing his life is about to change quite a bit. Yeah. It's either video games, working out, or practice, right? I mean, I'm not going to say there's any time spent at the Green Bay Distillery, but I would guess there's some time spent at the Green Bay Distillery in there somewhere. Well, that's always the like the rookie thing is they make them pay for a lot of stuff. So that's yeah, where a lot uh, of their money goes the yeah. first year. Hazing is getting stuck with the bill at you know, the distillery or... The Wellington, is that even The Black and Tan. I'm just trying to think of the most expensive restaurant in Green Bay. Brett Favre Steakhouse. It might be 1919 Kitchen and Tap. That, yeah, place, is, that place is pretty expensive. It is pretty expensive, yeah. It's, it's close, pretty good, though. It's close like to it their work. It is yeah. close to work. Great commute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, up a couple flights of stairs. Can I just get an old-fashioned to the locker room, please? Yeah. I will say the... the uh, Bar- smoked barbecue bloody mary at 1919 is one of my favorite smoked barbecue yeah. bloody mary next time big fan I, I know you're also a big fan of something else that's new out max do sa little dusa baby do sa yeah it's back it's back and so it's, it's a big. mountain dew flavor yeah it's well it combines three other mountain dews co- code red white oat and voltage so red white and blue do you like those other flavors that um much? i do actually i don't i don't drink a lot of code red Oh, Co- Code Red's Code good. Red's probably my least favorite of the three. Really? Yeah. It's pretty diet Code Red. Do not very, very underrated. I uh I Voltage is probably my favorite of the three individuals. And that's the white stuff? That's the blue. The blue. Okay. And then uh Voltage is probably my favorite when Do SA doesn't exist. So But yeah, I'm very excited. I How many years ago did they two ha- years ago? Yeah. yeah. It was like and two or three at yeah. around around the fourth of July, July time. Yeah, yeah. They came out with it. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. Did a you lot. did you buy any twelve packs to last through these two? I years did. I I found it at a gas station in. Um, <laughs> you also wonder how old it is. <laughs> I found it at a gas station. It's a little fuzzy, but it's <laughs> yeah. still good. After we didn't have it around here anymore, I was driving up north and I found it at a gas station either in Kadot or Abbotsford, and they had um, the like one liter bottles, like the or oh. twenty ounce bottles. Abbeyland truck stop, and I bought I bought an entire flat of the twenty ounce bottles, and then they had two twelve packs. I bought both of those too, and that was the last I had it. So, and I made that last until like October. I was rationing them pretty hard. (laughs) You had to be really good that day to pull one out of the fridge, yeah, or pull a lot of soil samples because you know I bought it probably in like August, and we started soil sampling pretty consistently after that, and it's like one a day, just you know, 
keep your head straight. On a Friday night, does that mix with what are you putting in? It there? does not. On Some Friday night, yeah, there's see that. on Friday night there is only one Maybe beverage. Like a Seagrams instead of the seven, <laughs> Dusa and seven. There is only one. The other most American beverage on Friday nights. Old fashioned? No, Bushlight. <laughs> are you blue, kidding me? Blue smoothies. I'm not into that Bush fancy lattes. stuff, Todd. Not into the fancy stuff. Yeah, don't forget when we went to an actual brewery that had their own beer, Max ordered a bush light. <laughs> yes. And then they didn't have it. I had to have Coors Light. It was a bunch we of crap. Surprised they even had that. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't worry. What's, we we make our own beer. But yeah, what's yeah, your we'll, equivalent of a bush light? That is literally what I say to people. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, okay, I went to this brewery <laughs> one time. <laughs> and I said, hey, I'm going to do my best here. Because it was one that's only a brewery. Like, they are not, it's not like going to like the Sprecher's house. This is like brewery, brewery. And they're like, we have, I'm like, can I get something that's like a bush light? That's all I drink. And she's like, um, yeah. Okay. So this one is kind of like that. And I think you'll like it. It's a little bit heavier, but it's pretty good. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Spear. Okay. She gives it to me or she brings it to the table and she goes, okay. And this is the one that I think you're going to like. It's our closest thing to bush light. It's called the face melter. And I was like, <laughs> that does not sound like it's going to be anything like a bush light. Uh, she also gave me a warm coffee beer. You're supposed to drink it like room temperature. That was horrible. How was the, how was the face melter though? How not cool? good. No, <laughs> melted your face. It's called the face melter. Any, I mean, I mean, it wasn't like bush light. If someone tells you, "Hey, this is going to be like bush light," do you expect the term face melter? <laughs> no, no. I guess it depends on what the, maybe what face, everything else is named. Yeah. Like, is it the? How about face melter light? If <laughs> if all their beers are in that theme, like. The axe grinder, the face melter, the they had they had okay this toe is, plucker, this, is, this is almost too like ironic or too they had one that was called like like trailer park USA or something like that like I'm I'm being dead serious right now and I was like that's got to be like a bush light <laughs> yeah. that has to be and she's like no that no was, it's not and I was like dang that was like the actually that was the Guinness our triple hop IPA that uh, yeah won seven awards it's exactly what it was years. it looked yeah. like tar coming out of the thing I'm like yeah okay. Ooh, you have to chew this one. All right. Yeah. So now that everybody knows how cultured I am. I think they already knew. Yeah. But now I live by the racetrack, so I just <laughs> I'm just <laughs> built for it, you know. You'll you'll hear it too every time there's a race. Try it, over uh, sat- Saturday was the first day. Depends on the wind. Wasn't bad. Not for him. Not when he's that close. Not for him. Not that close. Yeah, the you'll wind won't the, matter. You get a little of the dust. It really wasn't got... that bad on Saturday. Like I didn't really know. That's just it. practice though. That's just like Two or three cars out practicing. Yeah. I still thought it'd be worse. It ain't bad. Now that it's Friday nights, it used to be Sunday nights. Sunday nights is kind of annoying. Fridays, eh, yeah. Sunday, it's you're just, like, I want my kids to go to bed. Yeah. And there's just this, like, <laughs> the good news, though, noise. Max, is when the fair comes around, you'll get concert tickets for nothing. Yeah. Yep. We are going to, we have our, that's already been discussed multiple times. Do you have a flat enough area on your roof? You can just put some lawn chairs out. And <laughs> it doesn't matter. All you'd be able to see is the back of the grandstand. So. <laughs> But we'll definitely uh, you'll, you'll be, be able light- to hear Charlie Barons. Yeah, we'll, we'll be that. we'll be lighting the campfire. See what happens. Charlie B at the Odegan County. Yep, We're going to keep her moving. Tickets on sale now. We better keep her moving into glyphosate. Yeah, yep, we better get going. So you guys ready to do this? Yep. All right. So we heard from multiple sources that there are some missing links in our supply chain. So issues are causing shortages on things like. Microchips, lumber, chlorine, chicken wings, chicken wings, and chemical chicken wings. Chicken wings, in particular. I didn't hear that. It's weird because you hear these things and then 
like lumber, we know the price is that high. I think BW's a lot of it's going to close down. Well, really like high with lumber, they were saying that they're hoping pretty soon we get to the point where it's too stupid for people to buy. Yeah. But we haven't hit that point yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, surprisingly, Menards. Every time I'm in there, there is every Joe Schmo buying lumber, and I am like, "What? You guys are crazy." Got that stimulus check to burn. You can buy two two by fours with your last <laughs> stimmy, <laughs> and then they're gonna have a bonfire with the lumber. Yep, a dim- dimensional lumber fire. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so we've we've been hearing Liberty, which is glufosinate or glufosinate, sorry, and Roundup, which is glyphosate, uh, having some guys running into issues getting those products. So with the potential Liberty, shortage of Liberty, Liberty and Roundup. What are the alternatives? So last week during the Tilthy Awards, we voted Dicamba the best alternative. But this week we're going to talk a little bit about the alternatives and, and where they might fit in your program. Yeah, our plan is not to talk about the shortages. It's just how do you act Man- after manage they around you manage around them. Because, yes, these are really good tools and there's a really good spot for them. But sometimes with some pre-planning, if you know you're not going to be able to get them, you can plan something else. The other thing to think about is generics versus labeled it seems like the generic roundup or glyphosate is harder to get so you might have to just change types and that's not that big of a deal either right. so some of these things you're going to have to talk to your supplier and just try to get as much of these things on hand as you can and take delivery of these items when you can get them the other thing i'm nervous about is if you can't get generics too like just for example is the alternatives are probably going to be more expensive to some degree. Like right. Thinking about Liberty, if you're trying to kill water, hemp, and soybeans, your alternative is maybe doubling up on residual. Well, that's probably going to be an expensive alternative, but it's a very effective alternative. Right. Yeah, so changing isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just, like Todd said, you got to manage it and have a plan in place for what happens if you can't get your first choice. The first one we'll talk about is 2,4-D, which you can use early enough on corn, or if you're using the Enlist technology, they have available both on corn and beans. And that's a safened version of 2,4-D, so gives you some options there. It's not going to be quite as effective as Roundup would be necessarily, but... One option on the Enlist is, um, obviously, there's Enlist Duo, which comes with Roundup yep. in it, so you don't got to worry about getting the other Roundup. Um, the other way with Enlist is you could throw in, sele- so post on soybeans, throw in select, and there you'd have a fairly complete program getting, yep, getting your grass select, control. getting grasses and volunteer corn, and then your uh, Enlist or 2,4-D getting the broad leaves that are out there. One watch out might be quackgrass. Is select isn't quite as good on that. Yep. Um, but other than that, it it really does well. So that that could be a good way to to kind of not worry about having the roundup. And some of these things are maybe something we should be doing anyway of lessening the use of of, of roundup, roundup when yeah. we can. When we don't need it, just don't throw it in. Talking with a couple of different seed salesmen and co-ops and stuff, it sounds like there was a lot of enlist beans that were sold this year and. Not very many, if any at all, around a pretty twos. So I think this is probably a pretty, pretty basic, going to be a pretty basic program this year on soybeans to use and list anyway. It would just be switching it up on your corn would be the real, the real shakeup, I guess. Right. One thing to remember on the enlist E3 beans is you also do have the Liberty Genetics there. Right. So 
like we said, that's one of them where there is a shortage, but then alternative then if you can't get the Liberty, then you could use 24D. Um, but if you can get the Liberty, you could still try using that. Yeah. And then our <clears throat> favorite, quote unquote, from the survey we did last week, Dicamba, uh, which we've been spraying on corn for a long time. And now with Extend Beans being around the last few years, um, it's a little more limited in when you can spray and that kind of stuff, but still an option there to give you some weed control. Same thing here on Extend Beans, throwing Extend in with Select, keeping out the Roundup. Um, that one, obviously, you got to watch the label very closely for Tank Mix Partners. Yep, and yep. And making your sure windows of application have changed greatly since yes. last year, restricted a lot more on buffers and how long you can spray it into the season and all that happy sure. stuff. Make sure you're surrounding your extend beans with corn and you'll be all set. Yeah. <laughs> Just put up a wall. Yeah. <laughs> build, corn, build that wall. Build corn that wall around your biodome. Yeah. yeah. Then you could do whatever you want. Yeah. You regulate yourself. All right, and our last one is Gramoxone, which is um, traditionally a burn-down type herbicide. Not really something we can, we don't have Gramoxone-ready corn <laughs> or beans. So it'd be something of, you know, make getting your, you a clean start to your field. And um, it it is nice because it has similar efficacy to Roundup. So you're going to get your grasses and your broadleaves hit um, together without having to throw in that second product, but this one you'd then want to include a residual of some kind to cut, and, carry into the season. And if you've, it's not over the crop, so once the corn's up, we can't go, but if you're ahead of the game enough where you're spraying your pre, you can throw the, the gramoxone in yep. you know, if the corn's not up. And obviously with 34 degrees last night, our corn's not going to be coming up anytime soon. Oh, well, Gramoxone's very, like, especially for cover crop burn down, Gramoxone really, really quick. You know, it'll turn that rye or wheat um, brown within, sometimes within hours. Yeah. But most of the time within a day, whereas Roundup takes, you know, a week to sort of see that. So it is kind of a, a nice burn down option that way where it is a little bit better than Roundup in some of those things. We We don't seem to use a lot of it, but a good option if if we're looking at this burn down to get grasses i do like the burn factor on gramoxone with it this cold, a, it's a real like that's something that makes me happy when you spray and then it's it dies. instant gratification it, yeah it's no, it is. literally it is. matt you or uh, max you millennial you you like that instant gratification it, gramoxone and uh crossbow those are the ones for me <laughs> but, bill, bill in this colder weather would you say gramoxone's gonna take longer to show that or would you still see it acting fairly quick i think you'd see it acting fairly okay. quick think you would i'm also too young to be a millennial i'm pretty sure <laughs> by oh. a year oh, so, so what are you so there? what are you gen gen z gen z what are they known for uh tiktok not caring <laughs> not caring i guess yeah yeah i don't, I don't really know being a smart ass <laughs> they, they were just saying the other day like it ends in like 94 95 millennials and i was born in 96 oh, so papa. not a millennial don't know that being gen z is any better but Oh, we'll, we'll find a way to make fun of you guys. I'm, yes, it just comes. It's, okay, boomer. It comes, it comes, <laughs> yeah. with, comes with the territory. Hey, there's no boomers in this room. <laughs> so those are... We just lost like half our listening audience. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Okay, boomer. 
I still think that is one of the funniest things to say. So those are our, our kind of general specific uh, replacements. Otherwise, you can look at targeting specific weeds if you know you're heavy on grasses. Like Todd mentioned before, select is a good option for grasses outside of quack. Yeah, clethodem to be specific to yep. the chemical. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're looking at, at broad leaves, we kind of covered that with what we've got there. But there are a few other options and modes of action that, that you could look at. So make sure you consult your agronomist or your uh, co-op rep, if you're whoever you're working with, and getting your chemical for from for options. And always make sure you're watching the label. What's your next broadleaf? Uh, what's your next broadleaf product? If we can't get Liberty, if we can't get Liberty or Roundup, and we don't have Enlist beans what you, or Extend beans, where are you going? On soybeans, your only option is going to probably be a, a Cobra type or Flex Star, probably. Yeah. Uh, which we've used in OK Success, even uh, Marvel, which is Flexstar with Cadet. With Cadet mixed in, um, yeah. Flexstar just work. has the pretty good plant back restriction on it. Yeah, not good, right. So, pretty, pr- yeah. pretty good as in pretty long. Yeah. H- hence, watch the label. Yep. Yeah, and that's a good point, Max, is these plant back restrictions is something to really watch. Is looking at, okay, I'm changing away from Roundup now. What What is my plant back to next year's corn? Or if I'm going alfalfa after, um, make sure you... As you're pivoting between chemicals, make sure you're thinking of all the other things that could change. I think, Matt, you said it before, but the bottom line with with Liberty Roundup shortage, we have options for broadleaves for the most part to be able to handle that, you know, to kind of take away what Roundup isn't giving us. We can move to some broadleaf herbicides, but the grass herbicides are a little more tricky, especially in corn without Roundup, that you got to manage around maybe a little more pre's and a little more soil applied stuff than you can um, contact post emergent. Yeah, and make sure you're you're having that discussion with whoever you're getting your chemical from, whether you're having the co-op doing the spraying or you're doing it yourself, to make sure you get that stuff on hand and and be ready for even if you're not going to be spraying in the next week or two here. Um, everyone's going to be looking for options if they can't get their roundup. So. Not that not saying I expect us to run out of anything, but it's always good to to make sure you're on the front end of that. A lot of automatics, you know, we're so used to just oh yeah, we'll just come back with Roundup that it, it's going to be hard to break that habit. But try this would be a good time to the piggyback of like yeah. oh we'll just chuck the Roundup in. Just just don't you know find a way that if we don't need it, don't just use it and put it out there. So yeah. So whether it's overlapping residuals or uh, products we've mentioned here, or like I said. Talk to your your supplier and and see what's available to you. Good to have a plan and to be ready just in case you can't get your hands on that Liberty or Roundup. Yeah. So a year ago, no toilet po- paper, and this year, no <laughs> chicken wings and lumber and tires. And even I heard. Yeah. Apparently, tires pickup trucks are short. are in short supply, and your yep. pickup trucks worth a lot of money. Tractors too. A yeah. lot of tractor Tractors. lots are. Although Ballwig Implement Wapan has a lot, but everywhere else I drive past, <laughs> yeah, a lot they of are, other places not so much. But for Ball-Wig some reason, they have a ton. Yeah, you drive Ball-Wig by service motors, there is nothing. No, there really isn't. Lots of Kubotas. Wow, yeah, they, ha- they have their Kubota Days deal going on apparently right now. Oh yeah, yeah. where you can do the test drive and move the little pile of rocks. <laughs> yep, you're gonna walk down, Max. And Might go hang out for a couple hours the night <laughs> after work. <laughs> so. Probably got some refreshments there for you. Huh? Sure. Ham roll-ups or something? Dang. Can I can I get you a uh, a nice fresca? 
You do have a, a new lawnmower, so I do. Oh, my brother! I got to shout out my brother. He got me a wholesorming gift. He got me a lawnmower. So. Nice, yeah, nice, nice Troy built with a Honda engine. Pretty excited. She mows like a dream. Rider? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that big of a lawn. Not that big of a lawn. <laughs> Which I'm actually okay with. I Time is money. I don't want to spend four hours a week cutting lawn. All right, let's move into our spotlight. So this week we're talking ZCal advances their photo seed technology. So a photo seed soybean would improve oil protein, sustainability of soybeans, and hopefully get allow them to utilize more of the solar energy they get from sunlight and also increase the ability to capture carbon, which is interesting. So these beans are one step further to the two-to-one inverse genetic relationship between protein and oil. So that's how they're going to improve the oil side of things. And consistent results across multiple geographies and growing seasons means that they're one step closer to releasing these this bean technology. So kind of a neat thing, having more... So does it give you bigger leaves to capture more light, or is it like a... Just more it's efficient. more efficient and so farmers are going to get paid to plant these if it's sub- going to get paid sequestering like carbon right if you can bring more carbon in yeah that would potentially open up those carbon markets even more can also get paid on components for having higher pro- higher protein soybeans when they come off yeah bam so yeah something to watch as as it moves forward so they're they're saying it's a game changer, addressing producer and consumer demands. Uh, we're all wrapped up into this technology. So translating carbon into nutrition can bring meaningful benefits to farmers, processors, and end users while ensuring food and feed products align with consumer values. So they're hoping to engage everyone across the supply chain to ensure healthier, more sustainable, and affordable food in this industry. It says it's going to be commercially available in 2024 growing season. So you've got to wait a little bit. I'm starting, to, like, my brain is turning on the trickle-down effect of this. Like, how much difference is... I mean, even think about dairy guys when they order soybean meal. If it's higher protein, higher oil, they don't need to order... Instead, much, of, yeah. instead of ordering six tons, they only need to order five. Yep. It's crazy. Like, that's stuff you don't think about at first, but then you think about bunker space and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, this all makes sense. Wow, Max. I know. I'm deep f- thoughts. <laughs> Mega mind over here. It's the do essay. It's making my brain fire extra today. <laughs> there you go. The syn- synapses are really giving her. Flying. Sy- going 60 and a 55. Slow down, Max. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving to our egg history minute for the week. I love the banjo. We're going to lis- look at the Meat Inspection Act of 1906, which was. Legislation signed by President Theodore Roosevelt on June 30th, 1906. If you had to read The Jungle in your high school English class, you probably are familiar with this concept. So it prohibited the sale of adulterated or misbranded livestock and derived products as food and ensured that livestock were slaughtered and processed under sanitary conditions. The law reformed the meatpacking industry, mandating that the U.S. Department of Agriculture inspect all cattle, swine, sheep, goat, and horses at that time. We can't butcher horses anymore Aww. in the U.S., but 
uh, both before and after they were slaughtered and processed for human consumption. The law also applied to imported products which were treated under similar, similarly rigorous foreign inspection standards. The 1906 legislation amended prior Meat Inspection Acts of 1890 and 1891 and other laws that had provided for USD inspection, USDA inspection of slaughtered animals and meat products but had proven ineffective in regulating many unsafe and unsanitary practices by the meatpacking industry. And the law was again amended by the Wholesome Meat Act in 1967. So yeah, one one step closer to safer food in 1906. So I was trying to find like when we did the first meat inspection, which would be like that 1890 that they were talking about. And then I remembered like the jungle because I read that in high school. The and jungle, I was like, I don't yeah. know if we should talk about the ones prior to that. Because <laughs> that's not the same. That's not even close to what a meat inspection should be. Jurgis Rutkus, <laughs> the main character of that book. I don't know why I remember that, but I remember that. Yeah, I didn't even remember that. I just remember reading the book. Is that still required reading then? Oh, uh, we did. I shouldn't say it. we didn't read the book. We read excerpts from the book. We studied it. And you read Cliff's notes. Cliff notes, yeah. Basically, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that is still on the. It'd be interesting to find it's, out. I yeah. I don't know. It's a very interesting read. Yeah, it's a immigrant story mixed in with some uh, meat packing, meat packing nastiness. Of the conditions in which they were working, so I like how it, it spe- specifies in this act that they were to inspect before and after processing. Before, if it was only after, like yeah, it looks good. So like you didn't know, it could be a truckload of down cows or cows right. that were already dead, and they're like, eh, big, they're probably fine. Big gray, gangrene limb hanging off. Like oh yeah, we'll just cut that off. It's fine. Looks good now. Looks good afterwards. <laughs> yeah. We don't know where it came from. Once we cut it all off, I mean, it seemed fine. Yeah, we, we washed cut all, off the bad stuff, all the bad stuff. bad stuff. It's like when you get moldy cheese. Do you cut the mold off and eat the rest? Yeah. Well, well if you <laughs> eat do. blue cheese, you're supposed to <laughs> yeah. eat the mold. So You go through your blue cheese and pick out all the mold. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have much left. I mean like cheddar. <laughs> I understand. You have cheese that lasts that long at your house? Yeah, sometimes it gets caught in the back. Yeah, of if it gets pushed oh. to the back sometimes and you forget you had it. You, For the most part, if I crack a block, I'm ready to go. <laughs> She's gone in a day. Yeah. Giving her. Bathroom stays clean for a week after that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tom. All right. Thanks for all the listeners out there. To find us, please go to tiltegg.com slash podcast. There you can listen on a web browser, either on your phone or on a computer. Otherwise, please go on your podcast player, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict on Android, or there's many others available for Android, and there you will search Tilth Talk Radio, and you can find our podcast. Please tell other friends, farmer friends, when they're in the planter, got a lot of time just sitting in the tractor, uh, maybe they don't want to listen to Y100 anymore, they're getting a little bit sick of some of these... uh, other can only hear, hear that Luke Bryan song so so many times. poppy country songs poppy country songs that just are like get stuck <laughs> in your head instead listen to the uh, Tilt Talk radio tune right? when, like when you're it. using audio auto steer is it like Jesus taking the wheel <laughs> I think that, no that's no that's just Matt talking <laughs> again yeah. so they can listen to the TTR song instead and uh, yeah, thanks to our listeners. And Matt, where can they find us? You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio. So now we'll move into our cool beans. That's corny for this week. So cool beans, cool beans, cool beans, cool beans.
cool beans. And this week we have some literal cool beans and corn. So nearly half of the U.S. corn crop is in the ground, according to USDA. And for some of us, that means that we're probably not going to see it for a little while, given our <laughs> current weather and air temperatures, but that's all right. We, we're unfortunately used to it from last year. We had kind of a similar situation going on. Hopefully it doesn't last as long this year. But as of Sunday, Illinois Which farmers... May 2nd. Yep. Illinois farmers seeded 54% of their corn crop, and even nationwide we're at 46% of the nation corn crop and above the five-year average of 36%. Yep, so Illinois is above their 49% five-year average. Iowa's got 69% of their corn ground, which is above its 45% five-year average. It's amazing they're above Nebraska's at 42%. Yep. Compared to 36, and North Carolina is 79% corn planted down in that area. So of the total U.S. corn planted, 8% emerged already, which is below the 9% five-year. So there's there's the, the crux in it is it's all planted, but only 8% of it's emerged, which is slightly below is the five-year eight, average. 8% of the total corn crop or 8% of what is planted at this time? Probably what's planted, right? Uh, it says of the U.S. corn planted, so I'm assuming it's yeah. You know, because because some years like there may only be like ten percent of the nation's crop planted, but it's all out of the ground. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Does it make sense what I'm saying? Like North Carolina's got all their corn in and it's all up, and nobody else has started yet. <laughs> so you get that good percentage, but well, yeah, and it is average because it, it does then go on to say that uh, Illinois at fourteen percent emerged versus thirteen percent five year average, but Iowa and Nebraska are only. Two percent emerged. So, so for, for the state that matters, so Wisconsin is at twenty-seven well, yeah. percent planted this year. Last year we were at thirty percent at this time, and the five-year average is sixteen percent. Oh wow! So uh, surprisingly, that we're that close to last year, and that that's yeah. still sort of ahead. But there was an early window last year, and yeah, May first to May tenth or something. We were giving her. Yeah, and then after it rained, it just stayed cold, and we didn't have a whole lot of sunlight for a good part. It's really, in general, just gloomy last year through most of May. So, like I said, hopefully not the situation we're in this year. And then soybeans across the nation are 24% planted versus 11% of the five-year average. So a lot more soybeans in the ground as well. So we're off. Plant 2021 is, is off to to a start, hopefully a good start but we'll wait and see as things progress. And our That's Corny for this week is wah, 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 more resistance. So researchers have found Isamox resistant shatter cane. So Kansas State University identified three lines of shatter cane that are resistant to imazazop. Is a, I can't, I <laughs> don't, can't don't really you love chemical Imazamox herbicide, which is the active ingredient in a herbicide used in the new <laughs> new herbicide-tolerant grain sorghum hybrid system. So this is a direct shot at us. That's why I chose this one, because we talked about this. Yep, the we new like, herbicide this is great. Yep. We have this <laughs> new herbicide-tolerant grain sorghum. It took six months. We no longer <laughs> have this. Like, it's already got... Get, we're already getting beat. Yep, so... Uh, they Shatter, found shatter cane's a nasty weed. Too. It is. Oh, shatter cane, like shatter cane, Jackson and Johnson grass. Yeah, yeah. 
just they emerge very early and then all through the season and it's just a very difficult grass so hopefully we'll get some use out of these herbicides <laughs> before the before resistant over. varieties spread so but yeah that is definitely corny all right, let's wrap her up then with our Agadim of the Week. So, Max, what do you got for us this week? Our Agadim of the Week this week is Till the Cows Come Home. Until the, until the Cows Come Home, Till the Cows Come Home. I'll I say it. Till. I say Till, but yeah. which generally means for a very long time or indefinite amount of time. Now, I found this origin. The phrase alludes to Where? the time a herd of cows takes to make their way home. Cows are very languid animals and take their own sweet time at an unhurried pace to return home. The phrase was first seen in print in 1829, but was probably used before that. Where, okay. do, they, where do they go? They just don't move. <laughs> I've seen cows run to the feed bunk before. Yeah. They do, they're they not slow. But if they're or, on pasture, or, or why would they want, their feed bunk is right under their feet. When one cow runs, they, then all, they all run. run. May not be in the direction you want them to go, but... But anyway, until the cows come home. So like if you say, ah, we're, you know, we're big in, night at the races. We're going to race till the cows come home. means you're probably going to be out late watching the races. Fishing? Go Fish, fishing until the cows come home? Fishing. Uh, yeah. I imagine some of it probably is tied to, you know, the old Western concept of moving cow, cattle across the plains and waiting for them to get home. I, th- I think about it now, like, you know, my dad is growing up and stuff like that. And they had, you know, they had to milk means he had to be home by the time the cows came home, by the time the cows came in the barn yeah. for the morning milking. Yeah. Look at it that way. Wow. You better be there when they get home. Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you better. Yep. That's right. You better be there. It's work to be done. They're waiting. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. That'll do it for this week. Thank you all for listening. We've got our glufosinate and glyphosate alternatives that we discussed in case you are suffering from that supply reduction spotlight was photo seed technology that we will hopefully see in the market in a few years improving soybeans Ag History Minute we talked about the Meat Inspection Act of 1906 and maybe brought you back to when you had to read the jungle in high school Cool Beans That's Corny our Cool Beans was nearly half of the corn crops in the ground that's corny is new technology already seeing resistance in shatter cane and finally listen till the cows come home hopefully it won't be that long before they get there thanks for listening and as always happy farming